You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Alhamdulillah. 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 Wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina. Wa min sayyati a'malina. Man yahdillahu falamudillalah. Wa man yudhid falahadiyalah. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah. Wa ashadu anna sayyidina wa habibina wa shifi'ina Mustafa. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ala alihi wa ashabi ajma'in A'udhu billahi min shaitan rajim Ya ayuhal ladhina amanu attaqullaha haqqa tuqatihi wa la tabutunna illa wa alku muslimun Ya ayuhal ladhina amanu attaqullaha kulu qawlan sidida Yuslih lakum a'malakum wa yakfil lakum dhanubakum Wa man yuti'illaha wa rasulahu faqad faza fawzan azima Innal astika al-kalam kalam Allah وخير الحدي هدي نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وخير الأمور أوادمها وكل محتفة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أما بعد إن ينفى الله المسكين المسبيس ستكثير إذن الله 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 محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم إذن فإن المسنجر Undoubtedly after the prophets peace be upon them after the prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم and all the prophets after them in rank come the Sahaba, the companions of the Prophet And amongst the companions of the Prophet there's ranks amongst them as well. Some of the, 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 the great Sahabas, or the, 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 the ones who came into early Islam, those Sahaba who fought in Badr, those Sahaba who came after the migration, the Muhajirun, uh, the, sorry, the Ansar, and various others. So as we know, even within the companions of the Prophet Muhammad there's ranks. And as we know, the one person who tops the rank, or who's got, who's, you know, he's got the gold medal, you could say, amongst the Sahaba undoubtedly, is the best friend of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Abu Bakr Siddiq, radhiyallahu anhu, who, from a very young age, was a childhood friend of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. About two, two years and three months age difference between the two, but they knew each other very, very well. Hence their journey wasn't just before Islam, which was obviously them growing up and being friends. We would be with friends and colleagues at home or here or wherever it may be. People we've known for years since, you know, for the last three, four, five decades possibly. But however, he kissed friendship, which was beyond what could possibly imagine, continued even beyond uh, uh, prophethood or up to prophethood and continued after that. Because when, the Prophet, when Abu Bakr got the message, or when the Prophet told him of what had happened to him, and that he's been chosen, he's Mustafa, the chosen one, that he's the one that's been chosen for a particular message, Abu Bakr had no doubt in what his friend said to him. Not even a doubt. It said very few companions, Abu Bakr, amongst them, had no doubt who walked into, who entered Islam without even uncertainty or I'm not sure or let me think about it. It wasn't like that for Abu Bakr radiallahu Because he had absolute faith in his friend. And not only that, we know that example of Kabir Kars again, when the Prophet came back from the most miraculous of journeys, the Islam al-Mi'raj, the night journey to the heavens and then to, 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 sorry, to, the, to, to the Aqsa, to the furthest masjid and then to the heavens and came back all in one night. Not just in a night, in a moment, because it said, according to some of the traditions, that when the Prophet ﷺ returned, because as you know, on the night of Isra al-Mi'raj, 
He was sleeping outside the Kaaba. And that very spot that he was sleeping beside was still warm. As you know, when you leave your bed and you come back or go somewhere for a few minutes or just to relieve yourself or something, you come back, your bed's still warm, and you haven't been away for too long. That's how the situation was with Yisra al Mi'raj. And when he came the next morning, the Prophet announced what had happened. People thought, that's it. One night journey to Al-Aqsa and back to Jerusalem, to the furthest mosque, and to the heavens, this guy has lost it. And so they went around, the Mushrikeen went around the different people in Mecca, his friends and his family, to say, look, look at what this man is calling for, what he's claiming. This is a false claim, if you've ever seen one. And some Sahaba were, what happens here? How do, we, how do we argue against this? You know, thinking of some argumentation or some reason or some rationale. But again, when they went to Abu Bakr, what did he say? He said, you know, they said to him, this is what your friend just said to you. And he just asked them to reinforce, is that what he really said? They said, yes, he said, I believe. A Sadiq, hence the name of Sadiq, he's the one that's trusted and believed. He's the one that believed. And not only that, what did he say after that? Because usually we just stop there, but the important thing is, what did he say after that? What he said after that, he said, this is, he also says that every night an angel comes to him and gives him revelation. That in itself is a miracle, let alone the journey, the, 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 the relationship the Prophet had with the, with the unseen, with the angels. It's something else. And if he says this, then I believe that too. How hard is it to believe about this night journey if he says an angel comes to him with revelation every night? There's no doubt in that. And Abu Bakr, the Allah, as I said, had no doubt ever in his friend, in the Prophet When Abu Bakr came to Islam, as we know, he's the first male adult who accepted Islam. Not the first male, but the first male adult, because before him accepted Ali, radiallahu anhu, Zayd. Uh, according to some tradition, he accepted before Abu Bakr. But in terms of adults, it was Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. He was the first adult to accept Islam. And from that moment, he, he went out and propagated Islam. Because we know that when Islam, when it first came, it was hidden for three years. It was after the third year after prophethood was only when Allah gave permission to go out and announce publicly this religion. For three years it stayed hidden in Dar al-Arqim where they used to meet where they used to meet in secret, as you know the stories. Where they used to get revelation, they used to meet there to hear what the revelation is that the Prophet received. After three years, as we know the story that it was Mount Safa, the Prophet stood on and called the community of Makkah to come together and spoke to them then. But during those three years of secret, Abu Bakr still went out. He still went out to give and speak to friends and family. He brought the likes of Uthman, Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu to Islam. He brought his, uh, 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 Zubair ibn Abdullah, all these Sahaba radiallahu anhu, all of them, he brought them all into Islam. Because they were all colleagues. Abu Bakr himself was a businessman, a very successful one at that. So he called all his friends, he didn't stop. And he came to a point where he decided to go out himself publicly to the Kaaba and call people to Islam. And the Prophet didn't stop him, and already didn't say go, he just went out. And unfortunately, as we know, that Abu Bakr got beaten, beaten up. And the Prophet says, wait, be patient, inshallah the time will come. And as we know, three years later, the time did come. And we know the response it had. But Abu Bakr again was, help, was helping the Prophet in every situation. 
as we know the, the you know that that journey the Prophet took, him and Abu Bakr alone. The hijrah the Prophet took. Imagine that you are alone with the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. There's nothing better than that you could possibly imagine. The Sahaba were jealous of Abu Bakr because of this. Because Abu Bakr wanted to go to Medina. He wanted to go to Medina before the Prophet. And the Prophet, every, anybody who left to go to Medina would always go to the Prophet beforehand to say, I'm going and so-and-so is going with me. And people used to leave in secret at night, as you know the story, except for Omar, radiallahu anh. Everybody used to leave in secret. Abu Bakr went once, he said, I want to go to Medina. And the Prophet says, wait, I will find you a companion. Then a few days later, he said, I want to go to Medina. He says, wait, I will find you a companion. Then he goes again to the Prophet I want to go to Medina. He says, no, you will go to Medina, but with a companion. And the Lord said, what companion is this? He said, you travel with me. You know, you, you, you give your life to be with you know, that time, that moment when the Prophet said I'm traveling. You know, can you have you can't imagine the conversations that these two men were having, you know, the founders of Islam were having in that journey. Mecca to Jerusalem, Mecca to Medina takes about eight, nine, ten days, possibly up to two weeks, depending on travel and things. To travel. So can you can imagine the journey that they had and on that journey as we know the story of where the Prophet Abu Bakr entered one of the caves because it was time to rest and sleep. He enters into the cave and Abu Bakr used to always go into the cave first just to make sure it's <coughs> excuse me, just to make sure it's clean and it's um, nothing there, any danger or anything like that at all. This particular cave had quite a lot of little holes in it, so obviously there was animals or some you know reptiles or insects or something living there. So he had a cloth. So every hole that he could, Abu Bakr of the lung, you know, kind of filled it with a bit of cloth so whatever it was at night would come out and cause him any hassle. Abu Bakr ran out of cloth and it was one hole that was still unfilled, empty, it was still open. And Abu Bakr says, look, you know, I'll, I'll manage, I'll do something. So in the cave, he sat down, trying to sleep. The Prophet said, Abu Bakr said, look, I'll stay awake and you sleep. And it was so small that Abu Bakr says, look, put your head, the blessed head of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu on his lap. And that's what he did. He placed his head, Abu Bakr, a Prophet, his blessed head, onto the lap of Abu Bakr. And Abu Bakr, that one hole, he held it with his foot. So that would, you know, be protected. And lo and behold, what happened was exactly that. He got bit. He got bit by an insect or a scorpion or some kind. And obviously, in that situation, you have the Prophet ﷺ in your lap, sleeping. You don't want to disturb the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. So he takes this pain, excruciating pain, he takes it. And you can imagine when you've got a lot of pain and you've sure been in that situation, you start to get warm and sweat and things. And that's exactly what happened to Abu Bakr. He started sweating. Never made a sound, never moved, but he started sweating because he was holding that pain that he had within him. And eventually one of the droplets of his sweat fell into the cheek of the Prophet Muhammad And that woke him. You clearly see when he got up at Abu Bakr, what's happened? 
said, well, this is what happens. I got bit. So I said, why did you not wake me? Why did you not tell me? And what did the Prophet said him do? He took his blessed saliva and spit and put it onto the, the wound of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. And from there, never again did Abu Bakr have any illness of this type or any, 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 you know, any problems of that type again. And that was with the Prophet And I said that journey in itself is so much we can talk about it that we can't discuss in the time that we have. But again, he was the chosen one. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was the chosen one for that particular journey. Wa akhirudana walhamdulillah ta rabbil alameen. And as we know, Abu Bakr, as we said, was a couple of years age difference between the Prophet and Abu Bakr. He was two years or so younger than the Prophet, peace be upon him. And near the, near the, the death of the Prophet Muhammad, as we know, there were so many indications of Abu Bakr becoming or was chosen or indications that he would be the next leader. And that, as we know, when the Prophet ﷺ got extremely ill, no one prayed, or no one led the prayer if the Prophet was in Medina. No one led. The Prophet would always lead. Regardless of how long we waited for, something to happen, we'd wait for, for hours. If it was Isha or something, or prayer, just to wait for the Prophet to lead the prayer. No one would dare to lead the prayer without permission. But in that situation, the Prophet, as you know, got extremely ill when he said to Abu Bakr, lead, lead the prayer in, in the Haram, in, in, in the Masjid. And that's what he did. And also, also with Abu Bakr, him being chosen as, as the one who accompanied the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ in that journey. And also Abu Bakr never missed a battle with the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. There was a number of what we call Sarayas, battles that was without the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. But wherever the Prophet was in battle, Abu Bakr would be beside him. So when the death of the Prophet ﷺ came, you can imagine Medina... The world had ended for people. The world had ended. Some of the scholars say that the death of the Prophet Muhammad was one of the signs of the Day of Judgment. And so when this time came, people, you could imagine what people were like. The greatest loss in their life, let them lose their father, your mother, but this was something else. This was at another level. People could not, Uthman could not speak for days. Uthman radiallahu was speechless. Ali left Medina, he just couldn't take it, he just left, you know, that kind of idea of, he just fleed, he left, that's the reaction that he had. Some people just couldn't imagine it. And the only person that was able to control the whole community of Medina was who? Was Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. You'd think he, being the best friend of the Prophet Muhammad would be most affected by his death, but yet he was a what? who was able to control the situation better than anyone else. And he calmed everyone else. He ensured that everybody would be safe and that everybody understood exactly what had happened. And that the Prophet is a person, is a human. Bashar Mithlana is human like us. The death will come to him as well. But knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Hayyul Qayyum, that knowing Allah is ever, ever existing and ever living, that is never going to change. So focus there. And as we know, after the death of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there's a number of different fittings that happened. A number of different uprisings against, against Islam. People left Islam because, you know, the Prophet, Islam, the Prophet's gone, Islam's gone with them. People started calling for false prophets. Muslims, Ibn Kathab, 
he was one of the people who called for who called for prophethood. And as we know, it's all all wrong. But that's what's happened. And interestingly enough, I just I didn't know this, but I've shared information with you that Musaylimah was killed by the same killer as Hamza radiallahu anh. As you know, the killer of Hamza, um, he he um, he was appointed by Abu uh, Hind, uh, the wife of Abu Sufyan, to kill Hamza. But that very same person was the one now who killed uh, Musaylim Tukadab, the liar. Because in that battle, the bat- battle of Ma- Yamama, or the Hadiqat al-Mawl, there's different names for it, was a big battle that Abu Bakr took part in, and it was a very bloody battle. And out of that was one of the reasons, or one of the benefits that came out of that was compilation of the Qur'an that Abu Bakr had led under his Khilafah. And his Khilafah, as we know, was only for two years. But what Abu Bakr achieved in that two years, you know, alhamdulillah, you know, we can't imagine what more he could have done in those two years that he had, that he, he was leader. Um, and we only pray and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he, you know, we, we follow that example of Abu Bakr and all the companions, peace be upon him all, because as the Prophet sallallahu said, that they are like the shining stars in the heaven in a dark night. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Inna Allahu wa malaikat salluna ala nabiyya yuhaladina amun sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad kama sallaita ala Ibrahima wa ala ala Ibrahima ala tahmidun mujid Allahumma barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad kama barik ala Ibrahima wa ala ala Ibrahima ala tahmidun mujid Rabbana atina fi dunya hasna wa fil akhirat hasna wa fina adhaab al-nar اللهم إنا نسأل ما سألك منك منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ من شر مستعذ منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وأنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغض يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم ويسلم لكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.